Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. Motley Fool Money. Stock of the Week. Ditto Fools. Yep, it's Wednesday afternoon again, so welcome back to another Motley Fool Stock of the Week. This is the one time a week, whether you're listening on our podcast or watching us on YouTube, you get to see behind the curtain, under the bonnet, insert your favorite metaphor here, we are going to share with you one Motley Fool buy recommendation that's current right now. Now, if you're a regular listener or viewer, you know that when I say right now, I mean right now. Here's my usual three disclaimers. The first is that we can and will change our minds from time to time on any of the companies we cover. So we're recording this one in the middle of September of 2021. If and when our views change on any of the companies we cover, we of course will change our minds. So if you are watching this any meaningful time after today, just bear that in mind. We're trying to bring you stocks we don't expect to have big sudden changes to recommendations, but please keep that top of mind. Second is we're long-term investors. We are looking for long-term outperformance. We have no idea what's gonna happen to the share price tomorrow or this week or this month or even this year. So keep that in mind. We're looking for long-term three to five years, maybe even more than that if we're lucky, of outperformance of what we're looking for. We're not giving you short-term forecasts. And lastly, as I always say, we give you general advice, not personal advice. If there are things you need to know about how it pertains to your situation, we can't help you with that. You need to see a licensed financial planner. We'll just give you our general advice. And that is that we think this company is a buy. Without further ado, to tell us why and frankly what the company is, I'm going to welcome Drew Flowers. G'day, mate. How are you? Not too bad, Scott. Thanks for having me again. Pleasure, mate. Thank you for rejoining us. We, uh, we appreciate all of our analysts, but uh, well, look, let's just say everyone's my favourite. Uh, mate, let's, uh, let's move into it. Um, the company you're going to cover is a business with, I'm not going to say it's the worst name in, in, uh, in share market history. There's been plenty of bad ones. This one is Ike GPS, I-K-E GPS. It's a heck of a name. It's also a heck of a business. Tell us what it does. Sure. Yes, I don't um, don't love the name either, but um, <laughs> I don't focus too much on names or tickers, so True. Um, it's okay by me. It's uh, it's a New Zealand-based company. It's dual listed on the ASX and the New Zealand Stock Exchange, but actually it operates um, almost exclusively in the US. I mean, we've seen a few of these uh, New Zealand tech businesses actually mm-hmm. do really well overseas, so this is kind of another one of those. What it does... Um, utility poles or, or power poles, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. what this company does is it has products and services that capture these, like they take photos of them and they analyse them. And, and why you okay. want to do that is because um, people are putting telecommunications equipment on top of these power poles and you want to make sure that they're still structurally sound and they don't fall over when you add more stuff to it or in heavy winds or because of bushfires and things like that. So it's um, utility companies in particular, utilities and telcos that are using these um, hardware and software to analyse these power poles. That's quite cool. So it, it's, I, mean, I don't know if I thought of anything more <laughs> niche than uh, a business that sets itself up hopefully to make a lot of money for its shareholders by uh, – by, by photographing power poles. It's, uh, look, it's a reminder that we can find opportunities anywhere. Companies themselves find opportunities anywhere. I, I assume that businesses, I mean, I guess the utility companies could have been doing this for themselves. Is it a scale game? Why does like GPS need to exist? Why don't the utility companies do it for themselves? Is it just simply that, you know, scale on the ground means you can do, you know, two, three, four, five different companies in the same square kilometre, so it just makes it more cost-effective? Is it? Is it proprietary tech, what is it about our GPS that even allows them to survive given what is relatively, well, very niche kind of operation? 
Yeah, that's kind of an interesting point. And and we had a, a chat with another company last week that does um, a, a sort of an engineering technology business. And we had a chat. It was basically inertia, really. Um, okay. I actually used to be a civil engineer and there's been a very, very slow change in the industry to doing things digitally. Right. And I think the most obvious thing that, that people know of is uh, computer-aided design. Look, AutoCAD's the big sort of wig mm-hmm. there, you know, the Autodesk product. And people yeah. could, instead of drawing, uh, you know, drawing a, what a, a gas plant looks like, what a road looks like, you can mm-hmm. now sketch it up in a, in a computer software. Right. And then... From that, you moved on to sort of these other niche software that do specific things. They might model how water flows down a road. They might, um, or, you know, what happens when it spills over the banks. And that's kind of what I, what I did before was this kind of flood modeling. And what you have here is before, literally, uh, engineers would go out and look at the poles and they would draw it up and they would take a picture of it and then they would get back in the office and they would file it away. And you'd have, you know, 10,000, 15,000 right, of these. Right, right, This was surveyed on this day and it looked like this and it has, yeah. you know, these small cells on it, whatever. And there's no scale to that, as you imagine. It's extremely right. time-consuming. You've got to do, you know, thousands and thousands of these, particularly utility poles, but also um, what, cause it, because now when they've moved in sort of 3G to 4G to 5G kind of technology for... A mobile, they put these kind of small cells, which are these little boxes that you might have seen on the top mm-hmm. of the, the, the sort of power balls. They're rolling those out everywhere. You know, like right, in right. the US, they might be doing 100,000 a year. <laughs> yeah. And and so when you're filing an application with the council or something, yes, we want to put one in on this street and that street and that street, and you do that 10,000, 15,000 times, <laughs> it's extremely time-consuming. Yeah, right, okay. And so what Ike developed is this kind of platform where they go out, you know, it's automated, they take pictures, and then they say, yes, if we add this equipment on top, we don't need to, we do a quick analysis, yes, it will take it. Um, the, 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 the power pole is this many years old, it was constructed of this material, you know, is it wood, is it cement, is it this? Um, and we think it can withstand winds and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it really speeds up the application process, you know, for, for the councils and for the councils to review it as well. Mm. Before they had to hire people that knew how to review this, the, the analysis. Um, and we're hoping, and, and, and that's what Ike is hoping as well, that this becomes, becomes the standard platform, the standard way of analysing these power poles and mm. doing these applications. That's really cool. I, I, I am, again, I'm flabbergasted by the nicheness of it, but I'm also <laughs> flabbergasted by but just the, the, the innovative nature, right, the ingenuity to say, hey, I think there's a business here. I think we can do it better. I think we can actually improve things. And as you say, all of a sudden, utility companies say, well, hang on, why would we have people go and do this manually? And, and with the old systems, we can pay Ike, whatever they get paid per power pole, per day, per week, per whatever, uh, to, to go and do this stuff for them. And you say, you know, what becomes very quickly, potentially, a kind of system-wide um, de facto standard, right? Which, which in itself 
again, I, I'm still blown away by the fact there's, a, there's an industry for PowerPole photography and evaluation, but there you go. Um, everyone, someone's got to do it, right? It's, it's the things that happen in the background that make my telephone calls go through, so I'm glad they're there. Uh, mate, so that's that's a really nice summary of the business. I, I should correct you, by the way. It's not one of New Zealand's best businesses. It's one of Australasia's uh, best <laughs> exports. Uh, it's important that we claim them in the spirit of Russell Crowe and Farlap and Pavlova. Uh, mate, uh, so... so let, let's move on to. Well, come on, let's, let's not let's not kid. You still don't think they're in them? That yeah, Pavlov is ours. Uh, sorry, Kiwis. Uh, but let's let's move on to the uh, to, to the investment case itself. So you've done a really nice summary of the business and why it exists, how it exists, what it does, and I appreciate that. I assume some of that informs part of the investment thesis. But not every great business is a great investment. Not every great investment is a great business either, by the way. Um, but in this case, I assume you're going to tell me that Ike is both. Just share with me the investment thesis specifically. Yes, so um, they've done a couple of acquisitions and sort of transformed the business model over the last couple of years. And they've got this Ike, what they call Ike Analyze now. And this is really the key. Uh, I mean, the, the taking the pictures and sort of that kind of thing is, is one aspect of the business. But then it really adds value when they can do the, the analysis, the structural analysis of the power poles, particularly on a, on a scale. And... Um, I think that adds a lot of value to the clients, but it also is quite a profitable model. And, and as you sort of implied before, they do actually make revenue per transaction. So per poll analyzed, they make US two or three dollars, and that's kind of a self-service model. If you're if you're the customer and you want to use Ike's analyzed platform, you can do that. But you can also pay them to do the analysis for you, which can be up to forty dollars per poll. Wow. Okay. It, it'll be interesting to to see kind of who does that, but you can you can sort of see why. So whether they have in-house engineers at the customer or not, um, if they do, it'll be simple. You know, you train them up, they learn how to use it, they punch it in. Yes, we're doing these applications, two or three dollars per poll. If they don't, or if it's a specific project or something, they might pay Ike to do it, and Ike's obviously going to be quite efficient. And we've actually seen that with kind of other software as well. People who develop software often have sort of in-house people that can, can do it for you, but they'll charge you a hefty premium, or you can just license the software. So it's kind of a win-win there. Um, and so it's this combination of, you know, standard fees for subscription fees to access the platform. So that's that's a business that we love, particularly at Motley Fool. We've talked yep. a lot about these kind of businesses. Great margins, sticky and then on top, you've got this kind of transaction component. And that's the bit that we expect to grow really significantly over the next five years as more customers are using it. But also, um, there's a couple of structural tailwinds that are kind of in their favor. So take me through some of those. I assume this is largely a scaled game. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm making this wild assumption. I don't know the business anywhere near as much as you do. Which is me saying I don't know the business at all, other than what you've told me. So, uh, so I, I assume this is one of those things. If you take the, the photo of the pole, I assume you can then use that, sell that photo, rent that photo, lease that photo, uh, get access to it multiple times. Once it's there, I guess there's some sort of um, renewal process. But it feels to me like this is one of those scale stories where the cost is involved in the kind of setup and getting to a, a reasonable size and scope. But once you've done that. Kind of collect the, you know, clip the ticket. You, there is some cost. It's not quite pure software where you write it once and sell it for everybody. But whatever that cycle is of renewing those those photos and that analysis, kind of feels like it's a it's a database, a resource that then can be simply tapped into over and over and over again. Am I getting close to to where the upside is here? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and they, the, the pure subscription business is like a lot of other software businesses, got right. you know, 90 plus percent gross margins, <laughs> you know, high retention and so forth. Mm. And then you've got the transaction business, which will come and go depending on the level of activity. And then you have some hardware as well. And they're selling, you know, the company some hardware, go and take the photos and so forth. Um, mm. and, and that's kind of, you know, less recurring, less sticky, lower margin, but part of the complete picture. Um, but you're right in terms of scale. And if we look at that, that's one of the real things that uh, attracted me to the business originally. I had a look at the customer list and, you know, a small New Zealand company operating in the US and it's literally the who's who of uh, the US telco <laughs> right. space. Okay. You know, 11 of the top 15 companies there are in some form of negotiation. And we're talking about um, the big cable companies that provide internet to people, Comcast, mm-hmm. and Charter and so forth. We're talking the big uh, phone companies, you know, AT&T, Verizon, and we're also talking about the um, the tower companies that have the, the telco infrastructure on them, you know, Crown Castle. And so Crown Castle sort of one of the first big companies to say the Ike Analyze platform is now our standard. This is the way that we do the analysis for that. So they signed that in July last year. And so for all pole-related, as they call it, pole-related 5G and fibre deployments, they'll be using the Ike Analyze platform to um, take the photos and assess, you know, whether it's whether the, the, the poles are structurally sound to add their infrastructure to and then do those applications to the, the relevant authorities. So telcos... I'm still kind of blown away, go on. Telcos, it's super impressive that the customer list they've got there. Mm. And that's kind of the near-term sort of growth opportunity, particularly the 5G deployment, of course, all these companies, you know, the cable companies, the the mobile providers, they're rolling out 5G infrastructure, these small cells and also on the macro towers. That's going to happen in the next five years. And uh, Ike thinks that there's a sort of $250 million revenue opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it'll be component subscription and some transaction. And then the longer-term opportunity is utilities. This is a sort of massive, massive space. Mm-hmm. And they've obviously got a lot of towers, a lot of poles, sorry. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of sort of press, both in Australia and in the US, um, the bushfires that have caused by mm-hmm. sort of structurally unsound um, utility poles sort of falling over and causing fires. And so there's a lot of old infrastructure. It's well publicised in the US that the sort of recent bills, they want to ramp up infrastructure spending. But there's a lot of poles in particular that are 40, 50 years old. You know, they're cracking, they're wearing, etc. And so the cost to use this kind of ARC platform makes a lot of sense to say, you know, we want to prevent we want to maintain our infrastructure. We want to prevent bushfires from occurring. We want to prevent sort of accidents and those kind of mm-hmm. things. Um, and so the longer op- longer-term opportunity for Ike is to become the standard way of assessing those for the electric utilities as well. That's a pretty pretty big, pretty long runway, mate, from the sound of it. And it sounds like there's uh, they're going some way towards that path. You mentioned kind of 11 of the top 15 
companies there and so they're in some form of negotiation how much of this has played out how much is still to go are we talking about a business that's going to grow slowly and steadily from here for many many years is, is it a couple of step changes if they sign some big customers or get in new industries what is the what does the future look like in your mind for like gps yeah so i guess we'll start from sort of the last sort of 12 18 months has been a bit tough because mm. it's been difficult for these companies to get staff out on the out out yeah. the ground to you know actually implement new stuff. So they're not really that they haven't been as interested in saying yes, we want to use your platform, we want to do this analysis because yeah. even if we do, we can't get people out there to put the infrastructure in place. Um, and so you know, last year I think they were running at one and a half, two million dollars a quarter kind of revenue, and then all of a sudden the last couple of quarters it's up to five and a half, six million. So yeah. it's really bounced back quite well. Um, but still, that's quite a small company. We're talking about sort of $20, 25000000 million a year revenue yeah. Yeah. As, a, as a run rate. Uh, you know, market cap's only 166 They recently did the capital raise. Um, but they say they're targeting this $250 million revenue opportunity in telcos <laughs> and about right. 750 in electric utilities. Um, so this is predominantly in the U.S., you know, is there opportunities to expand in other places? You would think Australia and New Zealand would be logical sort of mm-hmm. extensions, particularly the New Zealand base. But I think what if you're an investor, what you're looking for is whether it becomes the, the standard way of, of doing things in these sectors. Mm-hmm. And if so, uh, that subscription revenue should be incredibly sticky and it expands throughout the organisation because you might start with one or two people in a particular team they learn how to use it. They say, oh, you know, we've verified our calculations versus Ike's. It checks out. Uh, we found it really efficient. When we applied to this council to do 5,000 small cell deployments, it was really easy. We got our permits through. If that is does happen, all of a sudden expands through the team, expands through the organisation and becomes that that way of doing, doing stuff, you know, the, the way that AutoCAD became the design sort of platform. It's not going to be AutoCAD. I mean, AutoCAD is an enormous business, enormous industry. This is on a much smaller scale. But I I think given the size of the business today and the opportunity it has in front of it, um, it's a pretty good sort of risk-reward. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Mate, um, take us to the risks then. We always, when we give a recommendation to our members, uh, we always make the bull case. That's why we're recommending it. We think the company is worth owning. We won't get everyone right, of course, but on balance, we, we recommend those companies we think have the best chance of beating the market over the long term. But we always make sure we include a risk section because every company has its risks. There are things that can go wrong with every investment thesis. There are reasons why we might reconsider our recommendation, maybe move to hold or sell, um, depending on circumstances. When it comes to Ike GPS, what are some of the risks that are on your radar that you're looking out for, either as reasons to sell or maybe reasons to reassess the valuation? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, th- I think the main, ris- the main risk is that um, at the moment, the, the business is sort of break even, loses a little bit of money. Um, and it's done capital raises, I think, the last five years. And they're pretty substantial. Uh, did one back uh, last month, and it was around fifteen percent of the market cap. So, and, and kind of it's the, the adoption, the rate of adoption is the real problem here. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they have a great product, 
you know, sort of the, the pandemic and then also inertia within these organisations, you know, they're big organisations that sometimes move a bit more slowly. Um, while uh, those, those things are moving slowly, it's still losing a bit of money and you're going to have some dilution along the way. Mm. Um, and it also potential to let in competition. So competition is definitely the big risk. You know, they have a good position, great customer base, um, good proposition. However, when there's attractive markets, there's always an opportunity that people move into yeah. it. And there's yeah. definitely an opportunity for other software providers, you know, if they're uh, GIS mapping or something like that, that can sort of move in to this space. That's, that's definitely a big risk. And, of course, uh, a couple of key people, given the size of the business, you know, chief mm. technology officer and so forth, you know, if they lost some, some key staff members, that, uh, that's definitely something to keep in mind. Nice. Yeah, that is, that is the challenge of small businesses, right? The, the, the key person risk and even just the, the sheer as you, competition, the market's wide open and, and if they can commit and, and win that market, then there's obviously a lot of money to be made. But while the market's as open, there's plenty of opportunity for competitors as well. And you figure someone in the industry is looking around saying, hang on, we could be there before them or we could be there as well as them. And every bite that's taken by someone else's bite, you can't necessarily take. Or you've got to try and win off them, uh, which gets difficult. I assume to some degree, though, scale is the best uh, defense against that. By the time you're a reasonable size and scale and you've been adopted by a certain number of, of players, it just really makes it harder for someone else to go and effectively overlay everything you're doing. They've got to take photos of the same poles or or whatever. I guess you can be geographically um, distinct potentially. But I, I assume it is a bit of a, a bit of an arms race, a bit of a land grab right now. Yeah, so that's that's the real thing that I, I think is, you know, quite an early stage company, but mm. I've got the feeling that if they're going to be successful in the next, you know, two or three years, then really they'll be very, very successful. Yeah, right. And it, 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 as you say, it's definitely a scale game, but it's also just getting the customers and the other parties that interact with them getting used to it. Yeah. You know, if you're a, you know, a planning authority or something and you're used to seeing engineering sort of plans come in and you, you know how to read them and tick them off and that kind of stuff, <sighs> and then it takes you a while to adjust to the, the Ike, the, the report format, and, yes, I verified 27 of the 30 and they all checked out, so I'm used to mm-hmm. doing that. If then someone else came in and said, oh, we've got this other platform, which we also use or, you know, we've decided to use instead, it's, it's, it's less interesting and, and sort of mm. difficult to get people to do that. So I think once they're in and the customers are used to using it, all their employees are used to it, that all the bodies that they interact with are used to it, I think that's when you say, yeah, this is, um, this is a pretty special business. Yeah, nice. It feels a bit like uh, the cloud accounting revolution. You know, everyone uses their own desktop accounting software and and you get one chance to make a change where everyone says, this is ridiculous, I'll throw out the shoebox, I'll not, not load the five and a quarter floppies on my on my hard drive anymore, I'll use the cloud and make that work. You make that one change to Zero or MYOB or Reckon or Intuit or something else. Once you've done that, there's less obvious reason than change from there to someone else's competitive solution because they're all much of a much, right? The big step is making that change in the first instance to something like Ike GPS. Once you've done that, do you bother changing again? Well, the upside is clearly less obvious and, and less worth the hassle. And as you say, if there's a lot of ingrained usage among the, the partners that use that, um, it's, it's often more of a hassle and trying to get some, convince someone to use something different is, is its own problem, I suppose, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've made that change recently on accounting software and I'm, I'm <laughs> very, happy in, very happy in the cloud. There you but go. It, well it, it, and it's, 
even more the case here, I think, because you know yeah. those situations might be a small business or something, but this is you're, you're teaching yeah, right. you know a hundred thousand right, people right, right. or something to use the same thing, <laughs> and sort of yeah. redeploying that throughout these organisations is extremely time consuming, and and the, mm. the rate of change is very slow. Obviously, you like the stock. Is a recommendation of ours. I should ask you: Do you own the shares yourself? I don't. I've been debating it uh, with my recent paycheck, so I haven't. I haven't, but I'm still thinking about it. There you go. Well, you're locked out for at least the next two days under our trading rules. Unfortunately, Drew, sorry about that. Uh, but I just wanted to ask for that, that disclosure as we go. Mate, give us the elevator pitch. Why should our listeners and viewers consider buying shares in Ike GPS? Sure. So Ike is the opportunity to become the digital way of analysing utility poles in the same way that there's been other digital changes in the civil engineering industry. It's got a great list of customers in a couple of enormous sectors in the US with a couple of really strong tailwinds over the next five or 10 years, particularly as the telcos roll out 5G and fiber. The business model is really attractive, particularly with the subscription-based business. And if it gets ingrained in the way that these organizations do business, it could, it could become the standard way of doing business over the next sort of 10 years. Beautiful. There you have it, Phils. Thank you, Drew, for your thorough summary of a business I had not heard anywhere near enough about. One of Australasia's brightest businesses, I'm now going to call it. Um, if you are looking to get more from The Motley Fool, we are all over the socials. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you check out our two podcasts these days, Motley Fool Money, where you'll hear this episode, and the Good Oil with Scott Phillips, and yes, I don't like name-checking myself in that. That's what the boffins decided to call it. So The Good Oil with Scott Phillips is what the podcast called. Check that one out. If you're listening to it on the Motley Fool Money podcast, thank you. Make sure you do check out The Good Oil and our YouTube channel. Just simply look under, go to YouTube and search for The Motley Fool Australia. Pretty straightforward. And Drew tells me he's not on the socials, so I've got a lot of work to do. I have a disturbing number of my, uh, my colleagues who are not yet on Twitter. So you'll have to make do with me and the Motley Fool's corporate account on Twitter and Insta. So if you're on Twitter or Insta, I'm at TMF Scott Pete, same handle there, or the Motley Fool Australia is at the Motley Fool AU. Pretty straightforward. If you're on Facebook and who's not these days, I'm slash Scott Phillips Money. So facebook.com slash Scott Phillips Money. And the Motley Fool page is simply slash the Motley Fool Australia. That's pretty straightforward. We do want to hear from you. Please do follow us on the socials so you get all the good stuff, including this Stock of the Week video and podcast by keeping an eye on us and making sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed. And if you are on YouTube, by the way, don't forget to hit that notification bell uh, because, well, subscribe first and hit the notification bell. That way, when the new episodes pop up, your computer or phone will alert you to the episode, which is ready and raring. Drew, thanks again for sharing your view and your thorough understanding of Ike GPS. It's one I'm going to have a much closer look at as a result. So thank you personally for that and on behalf of our viewers and our listeners. And fools, until next time, fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.